Oh, Lord. Am I? Oi, uh, hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix it up on 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 Discord because I can't have a different knob sitting for everything. Because I'm streaming, so it's getting my voice from there. But I don't want to deafen the people over YouTube Live, and I don't want to deafen you guys. And I also want you guys to be able to hear me. And uh, can someone that's watching the YouTube live stream say if I'm too loud or too quiet or or just right? Um, I don't think so, no. I think, um, look, I mean, if it was possible, they probably would have already done it. But the thing is, you've got to remember, uh, transporting that energy is, is, is sort of the costly part. And, you you know, you lose efficiency the longer you have to transport it through. And it's a very hot environment. And it's a very harsh environment as well. Uh, and it's also not near a lot of, land, like, uh, uh, population centers, right? So you'd have this, a lot of this energy, uh, you know, out in the middle of the desert. And, and you know, sort of no one there to use it. So normally you find that uh, things like renewables, things like solar energy are sort of much more uh, localized around where they're actually, um, you know, producing the energy for, uh, you know, sometimes extremely so, sometimes they're literally sitting on the roof of the houses that they're there to generate energy for. Uh, I'd say if it was, you know, viable and it was sort of economically um, viable, people would have already done it, right? Yeah. Uh, doesn't surprise me. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yes or no there. Sounds like something an Australian would do. Oh. Well, that's good. There you go. I didn't know you were from the Philippines. Well, I know obviously like working in the Philippines is like an expat or something. Right. Interesting. And... And no, you sound South African to me. Um, well, there's nothing wrong with that. Actually, South Africans have a really nice accent. It's just, you know, the whole stigma that goes along with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, did um, did you did you move to the Philippines because of like very low cost of living, or was there any particular reason that you chose the Philippines? Because it sounds like you could probably live anywhere. Right, okay. 
Right, but um, you would have thought like eventually you'd some like sort of seek out like permanent residency or something in the Philippines, or not nah, not not interested in doing. Really? Yeah. Well, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it's a developing economy, and we saw the sort of same thing when uh, you know Japan and South Korea and China and all of them went through their own kind of economic booms. And and Philippines is obviously a little bit behind, but um, it, it's certainly getting there, and it probably will have much more of a healthy middle class just given the industries that it's getting there with. Uh, that's really interesting. So you got there for the visa because I know that there are a lot of people that live in the Philippines uh, as expat workers because obviously you can live outside of city centers like Manila, let's say, where it's, you know, living conditions aren't probably awesome and you can go and go to the more sort of remote areas and oh my God, the, the country's beautiful. Uh, obviously... I, I mean, it's it's actually sort of an interesting one because I would have considered, um, obviously, you know, compared to, let's say, Sydney, which is where I live at the moment, uh, cost of living in the Philippines is absolutely fucking nothing. Nothing at all. Uh, and... Interesting. Yeah, so I was aware it was a much more developed country, but um, yeah, so you would have said, um, like, like even things, I, I don't know if like the Malaysia has the same kind of natural splendor, I suppose. I know it's still a nice tropical country, but um, I don't know. It, you don't see something like quite on the level, but I suppose you could have that as a base of operations and going from Malaysia to the Philippines would be pretty pretty easy if you wanted a weekend away or something. <laughs> that's that's more of a tourist rather than like uh living there long term though um really oh excellent just just yeah you had me i'm sold all right packing my bags yeah but i mean it's something that um like because the work that i do my day job is is relatively remote kind of work i mean i don't actually sort of need to be 
there uh and also of course the, the youtube thing so i was like yeah you know why why do i live in sydney it's so expensive but i don't guess i don't know that's probably just Oh, yeah, but boonie, boonies, like, Australia is, it gets real boonies, like, real snaky, real bogany, real kangaroo-y, real fast. Yes. Um, sorry, but, uh, yeah, yeah, so this isn't a, a, a Q&A session about where to, where Economics Explainer is going to set up shop or live. Um, this is a uh, Q&A session about the video, which I hope you guys have all already watched. Uh, if not, you're in trouble. So, um, someone that some, someone that did, uh, Will Jensen over on um, the YouTube live stream has asked, does the, uh, <clears throat> does the Philippines have a large number of workers outside of the country? And yes, uh, remarkably so. So, the video was very long and I didn't want to add this on top of it because it's not necessarily something specific to the Philippines. It, it's true for a lot of Southeast Asian nations and certainly a lot of Asian nations that have a high English-speaking population. Um, but there's something like 10 million uh, Filipinos that live and work outside the nation but still send some kind of money back to the nation. Now, how is that for an export industry? You're sure they, you know, sort of export workers indirectly through their... Um, uh, you know, outsourcing programs and their, you know, centers, their accounting centers and process centers in Manila. Um, but also, they legitimately just send people overseas uh, to work. Uh, that then sort of send money back to their families who, who kind of get wealthier for it. And isn't that sort of a fantastic uh, workaround system? I don't know uh, what your thoughts were on that. I Is that right? That the third is that the third highest uh, per capita, or just overall? Okay, so I'd imagine it would be sort of you know Caucasian, uh, like ethnic Chinese, perhaps, uh, and then oh. oh. ah, the South African. Does South African count as their own sort of, like, ethnicity, though? Really?
so, like, I mean, that's something that's going to happen, uh, obviously, when people kind of get better educated in their sort of living conditions of the country hasn't necessarily caught up yet. Um, but it's an interesting process, that especially when you look at countries like, say, the Philippines, uh, where obviously there is, um, you know, not as much wealth and prosperity as what you'd find in, let's say, uh, you know, the United States is sort of like the most generic example, I guess. But, um, you know, quality of life for someone that is very, very well off is still very good. So when you, oh, sorry, yes, someone's echoing. So when you kind of consider um, the fact that, you know, look, uh, you know, if I get very, very wealthy in the Philippines, you know, I can move into a nice house. I'll, I'll be relatively safe. You know, I can probably have an army full of servants and that would genuinely give me a better quality of life than even if I was to move to the United States and, you know, kind of get a similar role or, you know, probably a role that's a little less prestigious and, you know, relatively so I'll be worse off. You know, the abject kind of poverty uh, line or the abject wealth line is a lot sort of lower in the Philippines. Um, it tends to be sort of really prominent in nations where you have um, a lot of people that are kind of a little bit uneasy about their situation. So, of course, the classic example is South Africa. Um, South Africa, of course, you know, there are opportunities to live very, very well. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of smart people in South Africa. There's a lot of industry. There's a lot of opportunity to, to kind of get quite wealthy. Uh, and that means that, you know, people kind of get to a position where they have the ability to move anywhere they want to in the world. But South Africa is freaking dangerous, man. You can have really, really great quality of life. You can have fantastic homes. You can have servants. You can have, you know, beautiful golf courses, beautiful weather or beautiful scenery. But my God, you're going to drive home and, and you're going to think, well, I don't know if I'm going to get stabbed or, 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 or you know, my car's going to get stolen. That's a very, very real possibility. And that tends to be where you see this kind of brain drain because people go, well, you know what? Screw this. Um, you know, obviously I, I do all right for myself here, but I'd rather set up shop in America, you know, even if I don't have a, as lovely a house, even if I don't have um, servants and all of that kind of stuff, I would still rather move there and, and you know, know that my family's going to be safer. Uh, and that's where you tend to see it. So less so, I'd imagine, and, you know, this is based on very, very limited reading and um, I don't even know the paper that I'm sort of finding it. It's not necessarily sort of living conditions um, of the general populace that is sort of a determinant for brain drain. It's the safety, like, you know, the level of crime and, and safety for uh, people at the upper echelons of society because those are the ones that kind of get to, to make the decision to, to leave. So for the Philippines, um, I mean, obviously we're kind of seeing it, but we're almost sort of seeing it in reverse. Um, it's not like their smart workers are leaving the country and, you know, sort of not contributing to the economy. It's more like their smart workers are leaving the economy and then sending money back home, which is fantastic because they don't have to support those people while they're living and working in, let's say, the United States. Uh, but they get to reap all the economic benefit of, you know, having people sort of, in, you know, pump money back into their economy. You know, obviously, you know, it has sort of pros and cons for the domestic market, but overall for on a macroeconomic level, having people literally just handing you money uh, is a very, very good thing. Yeah, and, and, and that's not true for countries like, let's say, um, you know, South Africa or, um, 
I'm not sure, like let's say like Lebanon or, or uh, you know, countries that have India. Yeah, yeah, India to, to a certain extent as well. Um, you know, people don't tend to come back as much. You know, they, they, they immigrate, they move to a country and they set up a better life there uh, as opposed to, you know, countries like the Philippines that still have a good quality of life where, you know, maybe they'll go overseas, but that's just to sort of make them fat stacks and then they'll sort of head on home. I absolutely am go am gonna uh, cover every country in the world um, because uh, if one gives me plenty of things uh, to talk about, which means I will never be out of ideas. Uh, and two, obviously, every country sort of has something that's a bit unique. Every country has something where um, they can contribute something of value, like a little economic lesson um, that you know people wouldn't otherwise want to learn if it didn't sort of directly apply to a specific case study. Uh, now, with that out of the way, oh, sorry, the, the, the kind of thing that I always say is I try and squeeze the economics lesson in. You know, you, you, you'll click on the link to you know learn about how cool the economy of the Philippines is, and then I'll uh, you know suck you with uh, you know how it relates to other faculty studies and and things like that. In the same way that I don't know, you click on a link to learn about the economy of South Africa, and and you get a lesson on you know sort of the the pros and cons of wealth disparity. Things that people may or may not sort of directly seek out as information themselves, kind of hidden by and behind a layer of, oh, you know, you get it in a sort of fun little packaging of a, of a, of a case study of a specific country. So I think it actually kind of does uh, what the purpose of the channel was after quite well. Uh, now, talk amongst yourself for two minutes. I have to sort out the stream because apparently everyone on the YouTube live stream can only hear me, um, which is just awful. I feel terrible for them.